Today is part one of a two-part interview with Vince Shirey. Vince had a 20-year career as a state trooper in Ohio. In 2020, he felt the spirit leading him in a different direction and by faith left a job that seemed secure for the next step in his assignment. If you're feeling paralyzed and taking the next step in your assignment, then you won't want to miss this episode. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is Tom Herman, and I have a very special guest on the show with me today. Hope you guys are having a great week, and you are in for an amazing treat. I have Vince Shirey on the podcast with me today, and Vince and I just recently got to know each other here in the last couple months, but the more I get to know him, the more I know I needed to bring him on the show. Um, Vince is the husband of Christina, where he claims he completely outkicked his coverage. And the more I get to know Christina, I know that is 100% true. He has five kids, two that are grown and out of the house. And if you see him, you'd be surprised because he looks like he's 25 years old. He had a 20-year career in the Ohio State Patrol as a state trooper and recently resigned from that position in the last couple of years, which hearing that story, I wanted to hear more because it definitely is attractively different. So we're gonna, we're gonna dig into that a little bit. He's successfully been trading cryptocurrency over the last couple of months. He has a fitness coaching program called Skinny with Vinny, and he loves making videos, putting them on YouTube, and just videography in general. So Vince, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you having me on here, Tom. I'm looking forward to it. And you are correct. I completely outkicked the coverage uh, when I married Christina. And uh, I'm thankful that uh, I have an amazing wife because, as you know, um, behind every successful man, there's probably a great woman behind behind him. And that is certainly, without question, the case uh, in my scenario. And she helped me so much through my transition from, you know, resigning from the patrol, from trading crypto, from joining Valiant Trading and, and what we've done. And then, of course, spiritually, she's just a powerhouse there as well. So I am very fortunate and blessed to be married to one of God's best daughters. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here with you, Tom. So thanks for having me and inviting me on. You bet. That's, it's funny that the more I think about like the people or the men I admire, a common characteristic is that they've all outkicked their coverage. So I don't know if that says something about the men or just the, the way it is, but um, yeah, no, we're so excited to have you on. So Vince, tell us about yourself. Uh, we briefly went over some things in your background, but tell us about your background and how you got where you are today. Sure. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an Ohio State trooper. I saw that uniform. I saw that Smokey the Bear hat and uh, the way that trooper carried himself. I'm like, I'm going to do that job because I just liked how professional he was and how just direct and to the point he was. And he just seemed like he knew what he was doing. And I said, that's the career for me. And I went down that path and it was a career for me. And I enjoyed that. And it was a great career and I enjoyed what I did. But it came to a point where it was time for me. I felt God nudging me to do something else. Uh, and I think it was a, ultimately a test of my faith. I think it was a test of me being able to take action, know that I was hearing what he was saying, and then having the ability to step away and get past my fears. Because as you can imagine, 
you know, someone who has a 20 year career with uh, a state agency, you have the pension, the retirement, the, the health insurance and the security of that job. And a lot of people thought that I was kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie. Family members, friends are like, how could you leave something like that? What are you going to do? This is scary. Are you sure? Are you positive? All those kind of questions. And then that gets into my mind. And I had to go back to what I knew to be true. I knew that God had been leading me. And I felt like clearly in January of 2020 um, that I was going to leave the patrol that year. And as the year went on, I was like, is it April? Is it June? Is it July? And I settled on like, no, you're definitely going to be gone by August. Uh, and I was gone before that. And uh, God answered that prayer and, and something that I knew was going to happen. And actually, uh, she could confirm this, but he was telling Christina the same thing. So to know that he's, uh, he's speaking this into me and my wife's kind of confirming that, you know, we're coming together in agreement and alignment and knowing that things are going to change uh, and evolve into something to where I'm at today. And I, if I, if you asked me in July of 2020, if I knew that I'd be trading cryptocurrency and I would have uh, matched a, a year salary for a state trooper, I would have said, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even, I don't even know what Bitcoin is and Ethereum. How do, what, what, how can I trade something that's not even real money? Like all those questions came into, would come into your mind. But um, it's been a true blessing and God's orchestrated all of these steps mm -hmm. leading up to this point um, to live this, like your pot, you know, this extravagant, extravagantly different life that's attractive um, and being a light and just listening to his word and getting past those fears and taking action. I'm, I'm sure there's someone listening to this or watching this or whatever this is, uh, how they'll find this. And they might have that same type of question in your mind like man do I leave my nine to five can I do it you know you're probably in some secure job that uh you have a nice pension coming up when you're older but uh I don't know I, I want to do what God's calling me to do and telling me to do and live that out and know that he has a plan and and move on from there tell me a little bit more about the moment when you knew that you either had to like think differently or like what was the what was the progression of you know it's like you have like the surface level that everyone's seeing, the secure job, the pension, all these things that just make sense, like it's logical, right? And why would you give all of that that up? So tell me about the, like the progression, like when was the moment when maybe you first kind of got the inclination that you were going to leave? Did you, was there a wrestling with the idea of this security, you know, and like moving into that step? Like what did that look like to actually get that impression that you need to leave all the way up to like when you did leave, like how did you work through those thoughts and how did you like take that action? Sure. Yeah, there was a, a wrestling or rumbling probably even prior to 2020 uh, in January. I think in 2019, my wife and I had been discussing, you know, we just felt like a stirring and it's hard to explain that or put that in the words. And those listening probably have felt that in some form or another where you just feel stirred, like, man, I'm unsettled about this. I'm not sure if I'm hearing this right, and you know, in those instances, you don't run out and jump and quit right away. You know, you kind of think through that, pray through that, like, God, am I hearing this? And um, then, you, then those those negative thoughts can start to come, and that's where I really, I don't know. My wife says I have a gift to where I can take those negative, fearful thoughts and just take them captive, like we're supposed to, mm -hmm. and literally just get rid of them and replace them, and just know what I need to do. So that's probably a gift or a skill that I've developed over the course of my entire life. And I've been able to do that since I've been young. Um, I'm always really thinking about what I'm thinking about, if that makes sense. Like, I think what came to me is like, my parents should say like, what were you thinking? And I'm like, well, what was I thinking? 
And I, that's for some reason that stuck with me like, what was I thinking? Oh, I was thinking wrong about that. And I made this decision. It was poor because my thoughts were all messed up. And I give you examples where I didn't make the best decisions, but it all came back to my thought life and what I was thinking and knowing that I have to take the thoughts captive, the fearful thoughts, like leaving your job and, um, you know, taking that action. So January comes around, I just got this impression really strong, like, hey, you're going to be, you're not going to be doing this for, for the rest of this year, like things are going to change. And that impression was very clear. And it was confirmed by Christina. And then um, June of 2020, things just got nuts, like around the country. And if you can rewind back and think back to um, things that were happening with with people being against the police in different cities, um, and things in my city were nuts, like the windows were boarded up. I worked downtown at the state house and people were trying to bust in there. The windows were shattered. All downtown was like a hurricane was coming um, and people were not treating the police well at all. Um, in fact, I would say this, that I was driving home and this is such a weird you know, dynamic for me because for so long in my career, people really respected police officers and especially state troopers. Um, but I was checking my rearview mirror going home like, man, is someone following me? Because there were instances where people were like flagging cops' houses. And I'm like, I, I can't have someone follow me into my neighborhood and know when I come to work and when I leave and then know that when I go to work, my family could be at risk. Like for me, there's, it was a no brainer. If the family's at risk or even a thought of that is in my mind, I'm done. Like I'm not putting my family at risk for something like that. I just refuse to do it. So that kind of was even pushing me more. And that was even more of a tipping point. Like, man, things are just really volatile in police work. And it's, I think it's time for me to step away, not because I was fearful for myself, but I didn't want my family to be targeted or looked at in a way because, you know, they were, I was the father and leader and I was a cop. So I didn't want to put them in that kind of risk. So I knew that the time was coming to an end really, really fast. And it's funny that God told me that I'd be leaving in October and all this was happening, leading right up to that point where it was time to go. So it's like he foresaw this coming and it was kind of preparing me mentally to know that I was going to be leaving really soon. Well, it's interesting as far as just thinking about how things progress. And if, for those listening who don't know where Vince is based out of, he's in the Columbus, Ohio area. So once you knew that you were moving forward with this decision to kind of leave this secure job and even like if the volatility of the work kind of became a prompting, like, um, were you ever tempted to like not pursue it? Like, was there ever a moment, like what tests did you hit that maybe felt like, hey, I need to stay or maybe we made, maybe this isn't correct? I can honestly say that I knew that I had to go. Okay. So that temptation wasn't there. And I think what really, what really spoke to me and stirred me onto was the church that I attend. We're in Columbus, Ohio, as you mentioned, and we attend a church called Faith Life Church. And, and almost every week we hear these stories of these people who did what I did. They were sitting at a desk in a cubicle or, or some sort of profession and they felt that prompting and God stirred them on and they leave that profession and they start their own business and their own company. And then God really blesses that. So I'm, I'm hearing and watching these stories and I'm like, huh, well, I can definitely do that too. I mean, they've done it. It's in, it's God's law. It's, it's, you know, it's, sowing and reaping and, and believing and knowing the way that God's law works. And I'm like, I can apply this and I know that I can leave my job, know that he's my source, God's my source. Hmm. And that no matter what happens, he's going to provide. Now I couldn't quit the job and do nothing because that would just be stupid. 
Like you can't <laughs> quit your job and have nothing to go on because there's no faith in that. Like you have to take action. You have to have faith. You have to take a step. Like you had to step into the Red Sea to make it part. You had to take action um, to make this come about. And, and that's what I did. I knew that I had to just take action and do it. But those stories every Sunday were really, really a help um, in knowing that I was going to do the right thing. And of course, Mrs. Shari over there who just walked by, uh, encouraging me to do that as well. And she knew, she knew that I was going to leave. So am I hearing that like, once you took that step of faith, that everything was just smooth sailing perfectly and that <laughs> you were super blessed or were there any tests along the way? <laughs> there was, there was. So I don't want to go into too much detail in this point, but yeah, I, I left the patrol and, and I did join a company and uh, it, it was going well. It went, it went really well. Uh, but there was a point where something happened in that relationship where I had to step away. And that was probably the first real test. Like, okay, this is what I thought it was going to be. And it didn't work out the way I had anticipated working out. And it was like, oh, okay, what am I going to do now? Like, God, you said you're going to take care of this. And I believed he would. And lo and behold, that opportunity uh, went away. And then there was no other opportunity. So for a point in time, what would you say? It was probably about 60 days where there was nothing there and I, I and at that point I could have I could have uh really gotten down on myself and fearful and scared and what am I going to do is this going to work God said and I didn't actually I don't remember I don't think I had any of those thoughts I don't think I came to you once and said what what are we going to do what's God going to do I just was not scared and I think it comes down to just that that weird gift or belief that I have that God really will work it out for our good, for my good. Romans 8, 28. I just believe that to my core, like no matter what happens like this, that happened. I readjusted. I started this, the 75 hard workouts at home that kind of changed into something else. And then I start investing in crypto and voila, like two months after I stopped with that relationship, I started investing in crypto and it's just been amazing. I, I, it's funny you because I haven't really thought through that since you, other than you asking me that, like, man, did I, what, where was there a point where I could have got fearful, fearful and scared in a test? And that definitely certainly was a test, but uh, I think, I think I passed it. I think you, I passed it because I don't, I never came to my wife and was scared or fearful and, and I just relied on his word and knew, I just know, like, if there's one thing you hear in this podcast, know that he causes all things to work out for your good know that to be true at the center of your being and like he will work it out for you. So talk to me a little bit about like how you grew that faith. I know you mentioned a little bit as far as like the church you attend hearing stories where God like was, sure. was doing this, but in my experience that like faith can be like a muscle that you're building, that you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger in my personal experience. And so I'm sure that there are people listening to this that maybe have a similar experience where I grew up in the church and I would read things like that, that God works all things for good. And then kind of look around and be like, well, I don't, I don't see that happening. And kind of in doubt that that was truth. And yet then once I felt that or thought that had that thought, then I felt shame because like a quote unquote good Christian wouldn't think that, right? They, they would like fully believe. And so for someone who wants to like believe with all their heart that God's working all things for good yeah. is having a tough time getting there or like being fully persuaded that that's going to happen you know how did you work up to this attitude of being fully persuaded that 
you quit your job, you something was working well, it didn't work out. And for 30 to 60 days, it still kind of had the appearance of, I don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. How, like, what is your past, like what in your past allowed you to be so strong in your faith or be fully persuaded in that faith that allowed you to operate in that mode? Um, and what encouragement would you offer to people who are kind of like, I would love to be there. How did you get there? Yeah. Um, I think it comes down to perspective and what I choose to always see. Okay. It's, it's perspective. So when I, and I'll use my wife for an example, cause she's sitting over there. Um, my perspective on her is she's just amazing at everything all the time, no matter what. That's my perspective of her. That's how I see her. So we've talked about this. Like she could say, you know, I could choose to see things that maybe aren't the best, if you want to call it that way, but I just don't. So like when it comes to things in my life, like I just know, like even he's working things out for good all the time because there are things in your life, even when things are down, there's got to be other things in your life that are going well for you. Like, I just believe that there has to be, and it comes down to your perspective. Like, what is he doing for good at that point? Like, what is happening? Like, maybe, maybe you get fired from a job or maybe the company, like in my situation, just something happens and you can't partner with them anymore. Well, that led me to a different opportunity. Like I knew that something better was coming down the road, but like I made a decision when I was, like 10. And this is, I don't know if this is the best example, but like, I just knew that God takes care of me. I know that he hears me and I never wanted to have like regrets in life. So I just made a decision that I'm going to go for things. Like, I don't want to regret like staying on the patrol and missing out on something else because I was scared. Like that's stupid. I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be fearful. Like I want to take action because that's when you feel the most alive and fully alive anyway, is when you're living out those moments. I think I might've told you, I told other guys on Friday and Saturday, like I've never felt more alive in my entire life. God is my witness than I do right now. Like I'm driving down the local highway, I got my music playing, I'm going to a conference, I'm meeting some amazing guys for this mastermind, this men's conference. And like, I feel like just beyond like, that rest that Jesus talks about, like I've come to give you life and life more abundantly and it's come in me and then life can be easy. My, my yoke is burden is light. My yoke is easy. Like I'm living that, like it's real. Like you can have that, but it comes with perspective. Like I know I'm, I'm so rooted. I'm rooted in who I am in him. Like I know that I'm his son. Like I'm secure in that. Like that's, I don't worry about thoughts and other people's opinions as much as I used to, because I know who I am. I'm his son, I'm a king, I'm an heir. And I live that out because that's where I'm going. That's the future perspective in eternity. And I keep that in my, my mind is like, I know where I'm going. Like, even if, even if this does, none of things could change tomorrow, but I know where I'm headed. It's the vision of knowing that I'm God's son and I'm secure in that, totally secure in that. I'm going to press into it a little bit because like, here's what I've observed is like the enemy is the master of subtlety. And so the majority of the people around us have like slowly and subtly fallen into this perspective that's like the opposite, that is going to be hard, that not all things work for their good, that if things are going well, like don't hold on to it too tightly because it can go away. Like don't get your hopes up. Like that's the, like that's the culture that we live in. And so 
to me, like what I want to press into is like when you say like, I just knew, like, how did you how did you come to this place of just knowing, like I said, being fully persuaded that that was truth when everything in culture around you would be like pressing in against that and would be almost bringing you evidence of like, no, that's not the truth. Yep. Because the physical world is basically saying, well, you know, babies die of cancer. Um, all these things that don't look like they're good. Sure. You know, so like the culture in itself has kind of created a way that would kind of present the opposite. So that's why I'm pressing in like, what evidence did you have in your life or what allowed you to anchor in that truth so boldly and firmly yeah. allowed you to create these results in spite of what culture would say is true? Well, number one, I don't, I don't, my programming is coming from, you know, quality books. I'm reading number one, of course, I read the Bible. That's what my programming is, is coming from that. I don't watch much television at all. So I'm not hearing the negative stuff come in from the media, from the news, from whatever the case might be, because I know that what's coming in, what thoughts I allow in here eventually could come out. And I want that to project on my screen. Like I want good things coming in. Um, I'm careful about who I spend time with. Like I tell my, my oldest boys all the time and all my kids, like, man, you got to really be careful who you hang around with and who you allow to influence you, whether it's a television show or it's your best friend or it's people at school or it's guys at work and the old ball and chain and all that stuff. Like I just, people knew like when I worked for the, for the patrol, like I just wasn't in those conversations. Like, you're not going to hear me say, Oh, the old ball and chain and the white, like, I don't do that. I don't allow those conversations to come in. If they are happening, I'll just leave. I'm not gonna be like, you guys are wrong and you're going to hell. Like I don't, I'm not that guy, of course, but I'll just kindly get up and say, Hey, see you guys later. I'm gonna go for a walk. And I go talk to somebody else. So it's a, it's not allowing the negativity come in. Like I just refuse to hear it. And even when people come at me with negative things, I'm probably going to like redirect the conversation into a positive bent or do my best to do that. Uh, whether it's friends or family, whatever the case might be, because I just, I don't like the negativity. Um, cause I don't think that's how we're supposed to think. I mean, if you read what, what the word says, we're supposed to think on these things, things that are high up here, like virtuous and, and all things that are godly. And I know I don't want to sound religious because it's not a religious thing. It's just a relational thing. You know, you think about Paul, Paul's in prison for goodness sakes, talking about how he can do all things through Christ. And he's super full of joy. And he's got talking about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, prison of all places like this dude's in prison talking about how he can be joyful. So I'm not in prison. I'm not in some dugout hole in the ground, you know, where I'm probably laying in my own poop and pee and all that stuff, which is horrible. So if that guy can live a good life and be in prison, then for goodness sakes, we live in the United States of America. Things are not that bad. It's perspective. Like, you know what I mean? I've just been really good at keeping my perspective there. And in my life, like, I'm trying to think back. Like, so my parents divorced when I was 10. And as a 10 year old, even at, at, at that young age, and people might push back on this, especially with religious people. Like, I believe that that was the best thing that happened for my parents and for my, me and my brother. The fact that my parents split and people might like, again, push back, but I thought that that was a good thing. And I had perspective like, no, God's gonna work this out for my good somehow. Like really when my parents split, like my mom was a great mom. My dad became a better dad because they weren't together. And I hate to say that I'm not encouraging divorce. Don't hear that. Absolutely not. God, we wanna keep things together. 
But in my head, I just knew that that was going to work out for, for my good. I just believe that at my core being. It's just a belief that I have. It just, I'm, it's just faith. Like I think back to guys like Abraham and, and Joseph and Daniel living in that, that horrible culture, but still praying three times a day and still having faith and believing that God was kind of going to come through and like, Hey, you got a law. I mean, I'm going to pray, but if you throw me in the den, either God's going to save me, but even if he doesn't, so be it. You know what I mean? I know where I'm going after this. So do what you got to do. It's interesting to me that you mentioned at 10, you kind of made this decision that you're not going to miss out on life. And you yeah. as 10, your parents, parents split. So like, I love the idea of having great faith at, at that age. Um, yep. So I'm curious, what evidence did you have in your life before that? Sure. That allowed you to be like, this will work all things for good because any belief that we have is just experience and exposure. Sure. Right. So like when you're exposed to something long enough or when you have experience with something, it creates this belief because all the beliefs that we hold, it's like we weren't born with any of them. Right. They, they were either handed to us where there's some sense of programming that from people that we admired and respected. Sure. So as you, as a 10 year old, if you can put yourself back in that place, what evidence did you have or what experiences did you have in your life up to that point to be like, to really like courageously be like my parents splitting, like this will be good. Does that make sense? Sure. Yep, it does. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna veer off. I'm gonna answer your question. And I would say this, I was fortunate to have a dad who taught me about faith. So this is like men, like listening or watching this, I really need you to perk up your ears and really listen here. It comes from my father. Like, was he the perfect dad? No, he wasn't. And none of us are. And, but when I was young, since I can remember, literally since I can remember, he led our family weekly when I was a kid in a time a week where we would literally pray. He would model praying. He would model like literally getting on our knees, praying to God. We'd sing a worship song as a family. And it, and I saw that and he would, he had me memorize just a couple of scriptures. Like one was uh, the greatest commandment is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I knew that that's the first scripture that I memorized as a kid. And I could recite that and it just stuck. Like for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit put that in me and it stuck in me. And I knew that I could love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And it stood there. So that's like dads, fathers, the programming, grandparents, grandpas, like my grandpa, I would wake up, stay over, I would spend the night at their house, I'd wake up and my grandpa would be reading his Bible. Like that's the example that was set for me when I was a toddler as a kid, since I can remember like that was in my life. Um, So yeah, my dad set that, that spiritual example, like, again, was he perfect? No, my parents split up. So obviously there's issues there, but he did that right. Like he modeled that. And I didn't look at that and think, well, he's fake. He's not a Christian because he's good. That stuff didn't enter my mind because I think the Holy Spirit dealt with me in that area and it, it just wasn't there. But I knew how to pray. I knew that I wanted to read my Bible. He encouraged me to do that. I memorized scripture as a kid and the Holy Spirit just did all that work. Like the, all these seeds are getting planted in me. And as men, as fathers, as grandfathers, we have to plant those seeds in our kids and our boys and our grandkids. And that's, that program was vital to me because I saw it. And I would read books of people being healed. And um, I was in church on Sundays and like, I would feel like I could hear a song 
as a kid, I remember like hearing this spiritual song and it like, I could just feel God's presence on it. It like, even now looking back to it, like there are certain songs that we would sing and I could, I was raising my hands as a little kid. Like, it's just, it just was what I did. Like, I, I don't think I, I, I joke all the time. I'm just going to say this and you can push back if you want. I, I say it to people around me, but I think like I'm one of God's favorite kids and I know we're all his favorites, but I, I believe that at the core of me, that that's true. And because of that belief, that's why I know that he's going to take care of me. Cause I think about my kids, like, you know, am I going to give my kids like a snake when they want an ice cream cone? Like, no, I'm not going to give them a snake. I'm gonna give them the ice cream cone. And how much more does he want success for my life? Because it's just a reflection of him when I'm successful. Like when my marriage is good, my finances are good and I'm debt free and my kids are doing well and I'm healthy and I'm doing good trading crypto. <laughs> like it's just a reflection of him. Cause I'm not, I'm honestly, I'm not that smart. I'm just not, I was a trooper for 20 years. Not that we're stupid, but like, I'm not a rocket scientist. Like it's just God through me is doing this stuff and enabling me. So I, again, I hope I'm answering your question, but the program and started at such a young age. So men, fathers, you have to model that for your kids because Ultimately, there's statistics that show like, yeah, a mom could take you to church and a mom could lead that stuff and it's good. But really, the father has so much more influence spiritually over the over the family than than the mom does. And that's not a knock at mothers because they have their place and they certainly do. But men, your role is so vital. So that programming is so important. That's huge. I appreciate you sharing just like the example. And even hopefully it's an encouragement to men that you can still have that positive impact on your children in a faith way or whichever type of way and have things not necessarily end up in like your ideal or like be perfect. Like there are a lot of people who could beat themselves up feeling like, well, I wasn't a great example because of X, Y, Z. It's encouragement that like the seeds that they planted into you as a young child were bearing a harvest in maybe one of the most crucial times of your life, like that can be traumatizing as your parents are splitting up. This is where we're going to break for today's episode. Look for episode two to drop on Thursday, where we discuss how Vince's faith grew in one of the darkest times in his life. We discuss forgiveness and the perspective he holds that allows him to quickly make decisions. Here's a brief preview. I think, I think that's, that's huge. Is identity, being rooted in him, knowing who you are, knowing where you're going, and just really, really, truly, like you can say like, yeah, I'm secure in him. But do you really, really know that? like believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like, do you know that you're rooted in him for real? Like, is eternity really, really true to you? Like, do you think about the day, like when you literally are gonna be face to face with him and talk about your life? Hey everyone, it's Tom again. And I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from one to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF life purpose roadmap at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.